Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode two of Not Overthinking. Massive thank you before we get started to everyone who downloaded and listened to episode one. It was pretty awesome that, that there were so many of you who seemed to enjoy the episode of this new fledgling podcast that we have started. Yeah, and thank you so much to everyone who sent in responses. It's great to hear this, that this idea resonates with you. Great to hear your personal experiences about trying to be correct in everyday life. Uh, we're going to put some of those responses in the show notes, so check them out at notoverthinking.com. This episode is going to be about answering the question of why we find it so hard to put ourselves out there. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoy the show. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. I have a question for today's episode. All right, let's which hear it. comes under creativity and the human condition actually it sort of relates to all three and that is sort of a bit meta because we are starting this podcast yeah and this is i i I don't think you've had much experience with putting yourself out there sort of in in terms of video you've done like writing and things yeah not nothing super personal really nothing my writing is also very impersonal for the most part it's more like you know malcolm gladwell's masterclass notes yeah 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 or Or like here is how netflix makes money kind of thing yeah so how do you feel about this idea that you're now officially putting yourself out there because i i imagine a lot of people listening might be considering putting themselves out there in one domain or another but might be feeling a bit hesitant about it i think this is a real issue actually i think this is like I think one this is one of the things that stops people in society doing so many things. Um, so a, a few years ago, I would have definitely objected to it. A few years ago, I would have thought, oh man, who 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 is this person that thinks they're so interesting that they, they should have their face on YouTube videos? And like, they think they're so interesting that they can vlog their life. Like how, you know, what a, what a pompous twit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> pompous twit. Uh, yes, yeah, you would have like said the, that a this, few years ago. This is, our, this is outrageous. Like why, this is not, a, this is not okay. Um, but I think now, yeah, now I, I have some thoughts on this. And actually, yeah, now I'm fine with it. Okay, why are you now fine with it? What were, What's changed between a few years and now to make you fine with this idea of putting yourself out there and having the audacity to record a podcast where you're overthinking about life? Okay, so I think there's two things. I think the, f- the first thing is that I think these things do actually add value in general to like society and other people's lives. Um, and I think if you're thinking of it from that point of view, that it's like, okay, I'm doing this thing because it's like fun for me and maybe it'll add value to someone else's life. I think that's great. Um, and pretty much the only way to add value to other people's lives is to share things about yourself with them or things that you've done with them. Um, and so like if every, if everyone has this, this whole kind of uptight attitude of how dare, how dare I share this thing about myself or how do I dare I put myself out there, then pretty much nothing will ever get done. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting that people are happy to, the general, yeah, people are generally happy to share themselves in certain ways. For example, um, you know, through like work and things, you know, if you, if you have a job in which it requires you to do something vaguely in the public eye, like if you're a news reporter or something, 
Um, no one would look at a news reporter and think, oh, what, what a pompous twit. <laughs> or like a, a, if you have like a, some, a politics column in The Guardian or something. No one would look at that and think, oh, what, a, what a twat. Why, why does he think anyone would care about his opinion? No, exactly. Um, I think in the, in the realm of writing and in the realm of work, it's a lot easier to do it. Um, I've got a lot of friends who would be more than happy to write a little piece about, for example, how to get into medical school, but would be a lot more hesitant to talk about that on video but even that even that how to get into medical school thing where they're kind of offering their advice people are, would generally be okay with that it's when you start getting more personal that the real problems start to arise and this podcast is sort of a lot more personal than any so for example you've written about how netflix makes money i can't imagine that took much of, of a you know a leap of internal fortitude that required you to write that not really i, th- I think like pu- putting the first bit of thing out there on the internet mm. I think writing is quite an intimate thing. Like, fine, you're not showing your face or anything. But I do feel kind of exposed um, when someone reads my writing. And I think the first time I did anything like that, I did feel kind of awkward about it. I was like... When was the first time? Uh, the first... Was that like your Medium post about how to code or something? Or was, was it before that? Yeah, yeah, that was probably actually... Actually, back then... I, okay, this is... I think this is an interesting challenge. I think a few years ago, back when I was in school, when I when I look back on, like... Yeah, right, towards the end of school. I didn't care at all. I, I made ridiculous YouTube videos with myself in them and just posted them on Facebook for like my whole year to see. I'm surprised at how little I cared. But then I think when I started university, I started to care more. And then I, my, my sort of like, uh, oh, I don't, I wonder how I'm coming across kind of radar started getting quite sensitive. Wait, so, so you're saying that in, in sec- towards the end of secondary school, Towards the end of care. secondary school, I did not care at all. Really? I'm surprised at how, how little I care. I swear I've never seen a YouTube video that has actually you in it. There is one in which I'm holding a... Gu- it's completely bizarre. I'm holding a garden hose that ends up shooting lightning. Um, it's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll link to it in the show notes <laughs> if you want to check this yeah, out. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. Um, and then I, like, I made some Lego gun video and just put out... It wasn't super personal. But yeah. I think back then I didn't care that much. But I think sort of around the start of university, I, I started becoming concerned about how I might be coming across. Okay. So, hang on. So, you, so, so you're saying there were two points to this, this sort of why you've changed your mind on this stance over the last few years. Number one being you now accept that you can add value. Yeah. What, what was the second? Ah, so I think the, sec- the second one has just come from a lot of, a lot of thinking over the past. I, this is quite a recent thing I've been thinking about over the past few months. Uh, I, th- I think it's that like, the the main objection people have is that if you're putting yourself out there, for example, the people who play piano at St. Pancras Station. Um, now, I, I read some, like, I know, someone wrote some, like, opinion piece for some newspaper saying how, like, people who play piano, public pianos at train stations are, like, pompous twits, essentially. Oh, yeah, this was an article in The Onion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A man playing piano does not realize he is a twat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think, like... I'm, I'm sure, like, the, the reason they wrote that sort of satire piece was because this is a sentiment that presumably some people will have. Hmm. Um, and I, th- I, think, I think the sentiment actually comes from a problematic place. I think the sentiment comes from a place of seeing, of, like, valuing human beings according to external things, like how good they are at certain things. Um, and so if, if in your head your model of, like, people is this person is more valuable because he's like good at this thing or this person's more valuable because she's good at this thing. Then if you see someone exhibiting the fact that they're good at something, you think they're trying to signal value. They're trying to signal that, oh, I'm, I'm good at piano. Look at me. Um, and so if your reaction when someone is playing the piano at St. Pancras is, 
oh, look at this guy. He thinks he's so good. Mm. That actually reveals a problematic worldview in yourself that you that you actually sort of ascribe value to human beings in that way. Do you understand what I mean? I yeah. Does that make sense? So so you're saying that when I see someone playing the piano and I and my first response is wow, what a show off, as opposed to oh, this music is nice, and I'm thinking that that's his primary intention behind sitting there and playing the piano. Yeah. Then that actually speaks more to my worldview of human beings being deeply problematic than to his actual intentions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because because for the most part, when someone wants to play the piano, in, a, in a, at least when I sit down in St. Pancras to play the piano, I'm not thinking, oh, this is me showing off. Partly because I don't think I'm that good at the piano. Partly because I, I just think it's a bit of fun. And I think as well, it works on this muscle of putting yourself out there. Yeah. And I think that's a muscle that the more like, the more you work it in different domains, the more general purpose it becomes. So for example when you become okay with putting your hand up and asking a question in class, that actually helps you, that works your sort of confidence level up, which then makes you okay to give a presentation, which then makes you okay to play piano in public, which then makes you okay to sing in public, which then makes you okay to make a video. And all of this kind of builds on each other. So I treat it as almost an exercise. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. So what's what's been your sort of gradient or your journey? Because I think back in school, I think a lot of people would be surprised looking at the way you put yourself out there now, if they saw you back in school, I think you were a lot more like reserved in school, right? Yeah, I was a massive nerd in school. Um, I think I started putting myself out there. Like in school, I always had this this idea that, oh, it would be really nice if I could, for example, play piano in assembly. I was just never good enough. And I tried, you know, auditioning with the Star Wars theme tune and Mr. Wright, the music teacher said, uh, perhaps try again next year <laughs> once you've done a bit more practice. Well, like Mr. Wrong, am I right? <laughs> very good, very good. Um, so that was my first attempt at this. And then I would often fantasize about, oh, it'd be really cool to give an assembly uh, about, you know, something that I'm interested in. At one point, I got, got super into the Penn and Teller magic show. And I was like, he's planning this amazing present, like assembly I could give. And I, I liked the idea of doing that. But I think it was only when I started doing close-up magic that I started to actually work on this confidence muscle. And it's it started off part, like very much as an exercise in, in building confidence. Because as I tell all my students on the on the interview courses, when like post GCSEs, uh, my mum and I had our meeting with the with the headmaster, and he asked why I wanted to do medicine, and he said that. And after after having having a bit of a chat about this, um, he said that he's going to give me some honest feedback, and that while it well, I had the grades and everything, he said I was coming across as a bit of a robot, and I wasn't showing any enthusiasm, and that was something I needed to work on. So I kind of took that to heart, and I think that fed into this whole kind of wanting to show off with this whole magic thing, which was which sort of came from a problematic place. Ooh. I can see you squirming right now, but I think the fact that I was able to do that meant that that muscle grew, and then throughout university, I sort of started putting myself out there a bit more and more. So the magic was sort of the gateway drug into uh, <laughs> all this stuff now. Yeah, the magic was the gateway drug into attention seeking for the, <laughs> for the, for the most part. Oh, okay, okay. So th I think that's interesting. So at what point do you think the... Okay, so a lot of people uh, would look at someone who vlogs himself as being like attention seeking. Yes. At what point... Do, I mean, hopefully you're not doing it for attention seeking anymore. So at what point did your putting yourself out there switch from attention seeking to value creating? Uh, I think it was in 2016, in January 2016, when I first read Austin Cleon's Show Your Work, um, because I'd been toying, as I say in this blog post, with the idea of setting up a personal blog, but I could never previously get over this idea. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'd, I would be a pompous twit for having the audacity to have a personal blog. Yeah. And then when I read this book, it, the main thing that resonated with me was about how, you know, even if you're 
even if what you have to say is going to be useful to at least one person in the world, then that is a strong indication for putting it out there. And that was, I was like, that was like a mind blowing moment for me. And then I started writing this blog. And like you said, you know, the, the first bit of putting yourself out there is always the hardest. Um, and it sort of went from there. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think part of the reason why the first bit is the hardest. So, for example, actually, if someone sort of looks at what you're up to now, you know, you've got a bunch of YouTube subscribers, you have all these fans and stuff. Oh, I think even... You. Sorry? Thank you. <laughs> uh, Ali asked me to say that. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a check later. Uh, even, I think if someone who knows you saw you doing this now, they would, they would think, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, that's pretty sick. Look what he's up to. But if someone who knew you saw you right at the start when you had basically no subscribers you I still remember this this was a couple of years ago you're making these like vlogs I think a lot among people who knew you the reaction would have been a lot more negative they would have probably thought what's what's he doing he's like trying to be attention seeking or something um whereas now that it's more of a public thing people see it in a completely different light they don't see you as trying to be attention seeking for some, yeah, for some reason, the perception changes once you reach some level of scale. And I think that's why the first few things are the hardest because it's like, oh, who is this, this, this dude in my class? What, why does he think he can start a YouTube channel? This guy, really? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's very true. And it was partly because of that fear that I didn't post about, I didn't post any of my vlogs on Facebook because Facebook was where everyone knew me. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't post anything on Facebook until like the final day of elective where I was like, hey guys, you know, I've been making these vlogs about my elective. Because I, I think vlogging your elective is like, you know, oh, I made a video about this holiday I went on. It's, 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 it's sort of more acceptable. I just, prior to that, had sent other videos to friends and family and WhatsApp groups and things, keeping it very, very sort of close to the chest, as it were. Um, okay, I want to explore. So yeah. Actually, let, if you hadn't gone on elective... Do you think you would have still started vlogging? If it was just the start of sixth year, final year, whatever, you didn't have this elective thing to kind of be an excuse to make like videos about your life, I guess. Would you, do you think you would have done it? I probably would have done because vlogging life as a quote, final year medical student at Cambridge University is in some way valuable to society because it lets people who want to become medical students at Cambridge University at the very least see this is what life is like. And actually there were the examples of the other Cambridge vloggers, people like Jake Wright, people like Ibsmo famously, um, who made this a very acceptable thing. And no one was really doing it in medicine. Uh, I had a friend actually in my year who was sort of doing it in medicine uh, as I discovered a bit later on. And she was also a reason to do it because I saw that people had been doing it and it was a good thing. So I never quite had to deal with that. I'm just a random person putting my life on the internet thinking it has value because I sort of knew it had some value. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, so now now you're sort of, you've still got the medical brand thing, but you're also doing other things like tech reviews um, and just random lifestyle stuff. If you didn't have the Cambridge medical student excuse, <laughs> basically <laughs> I, I, I'm asking like, <laughs> yeah, how ballsy do you think would, you would have been? <laughs> like, would you have done this with absolutely no no like uh plausible excuse of like oh, i'm doing this to like provide value in this particular way oh if it was purely like a personality thing my name's ali i think you know i think my life is, itself is just valuable and i want to share it with the world i don't do think, think uh, i don't think i would have done that but and i also wouldn't advise other people to do that um what i would have done is make made videos about the bmat and about interviews so deliberately educational videos where i'm sitting in front of a camera and talking about topics that i'm very 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 familiar with and just being able to share them with a more, so a wider audience rather than people who just sign up to my classroom courses. I would have, I would have done that. And then from then, 
once I had some traction, the idea was I, w- I would have then felt okay about vlogging about my life because this is, I think, the main strategy that new YouTubers should follow. You create educational content and then people are going to start care- caring about what you're doing when you brush your teeth. Whereas just starting yeah. a vlog on its own is completely pointless. Yeah, um, I don't think it would have, would have had value to even one person unless you can make it entertaining or you can make it inspiring, which I don't think I would have been able to do at the start. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I want to come back to your point about how having some level of success lends l- legitimacy to your your thing. You know how you said at the start, people who knew me would have been like, oh, what the hell is this guy doing? And yeah. then now people are like, oh, that's really cool. When can I be in your video? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was in the first few weeks of final year when I was going all in on this vlogging thing and I bought the Sony a6500 with a microphone input and I was literally carrying this vlogging rig to lectures. And that was kind of post-elective, the first time when my year group were seeing this camera coming out. And by that time, a few of them knew, like actually, I think quite a lot of people knew, at least the ones who, you know, had my Facebook feed come up that I was doing this thing on elective and it was, okay, cool, whatevs. But there was quite a few, uh, quite a lot of negative comments around it. They were like, oh, oh, Ali, just put the camera away. Ali, Ali, what are you doing? I think it it was more from the people that I, I knew well enough but I wasn't like super, super close to who felt that, you know, plausibly could have been banterous. A random stranger in Mario wouldn't have said that because that's just rude. And my closest friends wouldn't have really said that because, you know, they know I don't care. But the, the people in the periphery, in, the, in, yeah. that mid, in that middle zone would be well, quite negative about it. Oh, Ali, oh, Ali, have you got consent from everyone in this lecture theater? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, the classic, the classic comments. Do you think the strangers would have been thinking it or not? Um, probably. I hesitate to say yes, because obviously we all think that people think about us a lot more than they actually do. Like, I doubt, I doubt people would have cared. But like, you know, in, in, in undergrad, you know, we had a girl who would walk into our lectures late with like the Cambridge Uni lacrosse stash with her lacrosse stick on the thing. And, and I'd be thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. But I imagine there would have been a few people because everyone, it would have caught everyone's attention. And I imagine there would have been at least some people think, wow, what a what a twat for carrying your lacrosse stick and coming to lectures late. I, I imagine some people would have thought that rather than just, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I think there was some, some segment of the population that would have disliked me for doing so. And actually on a recent episode of the Stallman podcast, which is like a niche tech camera videography podcast, he was talking about vlogging in airports. And the, the way he became okay with it was by just accepting that some people are going to dislike you for doing it. <laughs> and that's fine. And as soon as you become okay with the idea that some people will dislike you, then it, be- it just becomes so much easier. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with me at the start of final year when I started vlogging in sort of in quote public to people in my year who knew me. Yeah. I was okay with these handful of people being like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Because I knew that what I was doing was actually pretty legit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So like the vlogging in lectures was the, f- I mean, you said you didn't want to post stuff on Facebook because you were worried about what people would think. Is, yeah, that, is uh, that accurate? Uh, pr- probably. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think by this point in my life, I'd stopped really caring what other people thought. Um, I was quite happy. I was quite okay with being with, yeah, with being weird. And okay. I was completely okay with being thought foolish. Right. Um and as, as I have been for the last several years of my life. So it, it wasn't that. It was more like, you know, I, I don't want this to be like an annoyance to people. I don't want to post every on Facebook every time I do a new vlog. I want to have like, you know, a library of content. And I sort of knew that if I post, you know, after 20 videos on Facebook, that will increase my subscribers a little bit more yeah. than if I'd uploaded my first episode. Yeah, sure. But this is getting really deep into the into the trenches. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want to explore why why do you think this is such a struggle for people? Yeah, why, well, why is society this way? I actually, I'm sure it's very much a cultural thing. So, for example, I, th- 
I think like in the UK, there's very much a culture of anti-self-promotion. Um, and if, yeah, I think in general, the things that are valued are being like understated and, uh, and sort of, yeah, more like reserved and not, not putting yourself out there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's almost looked down upon to, to make a big deal out of anything actually. Yeah, very true. Yeah. The, the British humility and, and, yeah. and all that stuff. I think it's uptightness. I think, I, I think humility makes it sound like a positive thing. Yeah. I think it's actually uptightness in large part. Yeah. I'd probably agree with that. But then, for example, if someone sees Stephen Fry on a TV show, they're not thinking, what a pompous twit. Yeah. I'll, I suppose, at, least, at least not in that domain. <laughs> um, however, if someone sees someone... Th- I, I, I think the key thing is when it's someone you know, and when you know that this is a new thing that they're doing, it encourages you to think, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and that's such a bad reaction because, like... Yeah, actually, if, 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 any, if, if you see someone you know changing in any, like, perceptible way you're everyone's very suspicious of it. it's like mm. that's that's not him what's yeah. he trying to do and i think people kind of look at look at each other each other being like their friends and their sort of uh, acquaintances and stuff as having these like fixed identities and if someone is trying to break out of their fixed identity in any way yeah people are suspicious of it and they see it in a negative way rather than being like oh you know he's trying to like expand himself in this area or like improve himself in this way yeah, absolutely. And I think this is why so many people reinvent themselves when they start a new chapter, you know, like like moving school to, in order to escape something or when they go to university, they're like, you know what, now I'm going to be that confident guy. Because because you can't really make that kind of transformation in school around people who already know you. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Yeah. Maybe it's the school thing. I feel like, okay, imagine the same scenario in like the adult world. Like you have, I know you're you're working in the hospital or something. And people, people kind of, let, let's say you were kind of like you were in school. People think, oh, he's a bit of a nerd, a bit of an introvert. And then you decide to like stop, I don't know, stop playing guitar at open mics or something. I think you'd be less reserved about that, right? Because everyone's an adult and everyone's kind of mature about it. Yeah, I agree. I think as an adult, people are more supportive of weirdness and more yeah. actively accepting of it. Yeah. Whereas the sort of environment in school was very much, you know, <laughs> uh, what's that, that song in High School Musical? Have you ever seen High School Musical 1? Long time ago. Uh, where it's like uh, Zac Efron wants to break out and do singing. Oh, and then we're breaking like free? In, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's not we're breaking free. It's like um, everyone in the basketball team is telling him to like stay the course and just be a jock. And, oh. and then, you know, they're, they're in the school cafe and this one girl is like, but I like sewing. And then her maths nerd table is like, no, you must do maths. Oh, that's and, really and, proud. And, and the whole song is about kind of like keep uh, uh stick to the status quo yes stick to the status quo oh is that a song <laughs> yeah that's genius yeah that's like super like <laughs> that's a really good movie <laughs> yeah i think that's spot on i yeah i feel like a lot of it is school baggage that everyone's just still dealing with hmm. uh, yeah I, th- I think school baggage in general is a really interesting thing i i think to some extent for the for the rest of everyone's lives a lot of the things we do are because we're trying to grapple with school baggage you know <laughs> like, yeah but i think that'll be its own separate podcast yeah. at some point um on the note of school baggage, I've had a few messages from people who are in their final years of school saying, hey, I've been thinking of starting a blog about, you know, law because I want to do law or about medicine or, or whatever. But I'm really worried about what my classmates will think, firstly. And secondly, I'm not sure what to name it because I don't want to use my name on the Internet. Ooh. So what are your thoughts on the uh, so I, uh, on, on the I'm worried about what my classmates would th- will think if I start a blog about medicine? <laughs> like... <laughs> Okay, so I think there's a real mismatch between what your classmates will actually think and what you think they'll think here. So, for example, 
One thing I've noticed is that I think, okay, I think at least like at our age and stuff, and certainly with the kind of people I know, I think people do compare themselves to one another a lot. And so, for example, I was catching up with a friend. This is, I guess, like a techie kind of friend interested in startups and things. And he'd heard that one of our other like techie friends, um, you know, was trying to like start something and got like some interview for Y Combinator, this thing. He'd heard about this. And his reaction was like, an immediate reaction of comparison. His reaction was immediately, oh, wow, at least someone's doing something with their lives. Um, you know, so he sort of sees himself as just doing the, the normal thing, having like, you know, a good job and stuff. Um, but he's, he's not like doing a startup or whatever. And so his, his immediate reaction was to compare this other person to him. And I think if we see, if people see others in their peer group doing something like starting a blog or starting a YouTube channel, there's, there, there might be a little bit of like, oh, who does this person think they are? But I think there's also a lot of like, oh man, this person's doing something. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Where's my yeah, blog? <laughs> I'm scrolling Instagram in my spare time. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think often in our heads, it seems like the reaction is almost all of what, who does this person think they are? But I think to a large extent, the reaction is also like, oh damn, other people are doing stuff. Like, what am I doing? So one question that I, like, if I'm having a, a face-to-face conversation with someone about this and they're expressing something like, oh, I'm worried about what, what my classmates are going to think about, about anything. The que- a question I always ask is, okay, imagine if one of your classmates was starting their blog, how would you feel about it? And the response is, oh, I mean, it's, it's cool. I wouldn't really care. Good. So why do you think everyone else is thinking differently about you? Like, why, yeah. are, why are you thinking so, like, lowly of everyone else that you think they're not going to have your exact views right now? Yeah, that's spot on, actually. Well, okay, it depends. I think I, look, I'm I'm all about being charitable. Sure. <laughs> if, if there's anything about my brand these days, it's that I think you know being charitable about other people's intentions is good. Um, but in, in school, people are mean, man. Like kids are mean. I can I can very easily, like our school. Okay, so we went to like a boys' grammar school. It was like a good school by all standards, but people were still mean. Like if someone, yeah, if if someone was trying to put themselves out there, I imagine other people would actually think bad of them. Come really? on. I don't know. I, I really can't think of any examples. Like the closest example I can think of is uh, our friend Duranko, who is an absolutely incredible singer. And he would occasionally kind of burst into song when he was doing assemblies because he was, he was just confident and, and okay, with being, okay with being a bit weird. And our whole year like massively encouraged it. I think almost to the level of bullying where they'd kind of be like, Duranko sing, Duranko Wait, sing. Wait, what age was this though? Because this was sort of... Uh, so this was sixth form. It no, this was, this was GCSE in sixth form, yeah. Okay, that's not too bad, yeah. Um, I think earlier on, maybe people would have been like, I, I, I suppose in, in, in the lower school, year seven to 10, being clever was looked down upon. And I think around about year 10, that kind of switched. Yeah, I think that there was a real turning point in like maturity from everyone around sort of GCSE time. And everyone sort of became more sort of on each other's side rather than, you know, warring factions and that yeah. kind of thing. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think school definitely plays a part in it. How do we go on to this? Oh, people worried about what their classmates are going to think. Okay, yeah. So that was point number one. Point number two is fear of using a first, uh, fear of using a full name online. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so I, I guess, I think this one depends on like the online subcultures that you that you frequent. So like in tech, for example, it's very normal and very encouraged and definitely a good thing to, for example, be active on Twitter or have like a personal website, personal website I, with your name on it and a bunch of things you did so that if someone comes across you online, they can immediately see, oh, what's this person like? What, what have they been up to? So in tech, certainly it's very acceptable. What's it like in medicine? In medicine, 
It's different. So I've spoken to a few people about this because I, I, I was curious. I think it's good to be active on Twitter. Um, a lot of research and stuff is shared on Twitter. A lot of the conversations between different specialties, you know, you follow people on Twitter and you get to meet people across the world, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. Having a personal website, though, I think is still looked down upon. It's the, the impression I get is that it's more the realm of people putting themselves out there for private practice. And, oh, okay, he's, he's doing private practice. Oh, I see. Oh, like you know, selling way, out. Yeah, in a, in, a, in a way, selling out. Partly, I think that comes from jealousy from, from everyone else. They're like, oh, wow, he's, he's got his private practice. Partly, I think, within medicine, there is still this culture of you should stick to the status quo <laughs> and any <laughs> sort of putting yourself out there, you know, un, unless it's already in line with what everyone believes is completely is is a bit more unacceptable. I don't know how this actually translates in real life because all these conversations will be happening amongst consultants and people who would have a personal website. You don't get many juniors having their own personal websites because, you know, yeah. most people in medicine don't do stuff outside of medicine once the career starts to take hold of them. But yeah. yeah, it's not quite as welcoming as tech for having a personal brand. Is it a generational thing? Because, like, I'm guessing the gatekeepers in medicine are middle-aged dudes probably actually the gender balance is maybe a bit more balanced in medicine the middle-aged people in general whereas in tech maybe it's a bit younger and like personal websites and stuff are all very techy but like thinking about people who are maybe 12 or 13 years old now where like they're definitely on instagram they're definitely on like tiktok and i, I don't know that one stuff i don't know about but like yeah. they're very much tiktok <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> They've, they've very much like grown up with this stuff. Uh, they've very much grown up putting themselves out there in some way, shape or form. And I, I don't think it'll be weird for them to do it. I don't know. Way. I think someone, even, even someone who has, who has grown up with this sort of stuff would still find it weird to make their first name, last name dot com and start writing on, on a website. It's, it's very different to do it on Instagram where you've got your handle and you've got your fake account and you've got, oh, what's it called? Like Finstagram? <laughs> no. uh, Finsta, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a financial Insta. Financial Insta. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's very different to you know, start starting a blog where you're putting. Oh, but I don't, I don't know. Is blogging still a thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know if the yeah. kids are blogging. I don't think. Yeah, what, what a lot of a lot of people in tech are like heralding the comeback of the personal blog, and yeah. everyone's saying like, "Yeah, 2019 is going to be the year of the <laughs> the personal <laughs> the blog. blog again." That's like vlog with a B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To all you under 15s. How do we get onto this? Uh, yes, uh, first name last name dot com. Having a personal brand, putting yourself out there. I think a lot of the fear of that also comes from the sort of socialization from from parents like for example if i'd told our mom that i was going to make my aliabdal.com a few a few years ago before it before like it was more acceptable it would have been like a that's unsafe is it safe to put yourself on the internet yeah yeah there's definitely a bit of that but i think we're definitely past that out like even even like parents whose kids are young nowadays yeah i, I don't i don't know if they care about it but the question is still there of like why does why why have we ended up this way as a society where people are like scared to do it? Actually, today when we were walking around that random French town, what was it, Angers or something? Yeah, I saw like this kid trying to learn how to skateboard. Oh, yeah. There was a few kids standing around. This kid was trying to learn how to skateboard, um, and I watched him, uh, and like he he'd only started very recently, I think, uh, but he was still doing it. And I think skateboarding is super interesting, and that actually got me thinking because. At various points in my sort of teenage years, I always thought skateboarding was cool. And like, I don't know, we had a skateboard. We got like skateboards as presents. So we had a couple of skateboards lying around. Um, and inevitably, like every summer I would think, oh man, okay, this is the summer that I'm going to like learn skateboarding. And I'd go outside, like into our cul-de-sac, you know, where we didn't really know anyone. We kind of knew the neighbors and stuff. There were people around, they could have seen it. 
And I'd feel like super self-conscious about like about trying, trying an ollie. Or something. Yeah, yeah, trying to learn how to do an ollie, which is like the most basic skateboard trick. It's when you basically sort of uh, jump in the air with the skateboard sort of attached to your feet. I'd be like super self-conscious about trying to do this thing. And on multiple occasions, I'd go outside, do it for about five minutes and then just go back inside because I was too embarrassed. <laughs> and almost certainly no one was watching. I guarantee no one was watching this. Yeah. And if they're watching, they wouldn't have cared. They're like, oh, it's a cute little yeah. 11 year old like, skateboarding. Exactly. Whereas at the time you were thinking, oh my God, this is such a big yeah, deal. This is, this, yeah, this is, this is ridiculous. How can, how can I do this? And so when I saw this guy skateboarding, I thought, man, that's really profound. Good on, good on this guy. That's, I, I know that's not easy to do. Multiple yeah. times I've tried to do that and decided not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's start wrapping this up. So our question in a way was, why is it so hard? Why do people find it hard to put themselves out there? Why do we find it hard to put ourselves out there? And I suppose, I suppose the answers are because we're worried about what other people are going to think. We're worried that what we have to say doesn't have actually have actually have any value. And, you know, a lot of this school baggage of, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> people are going to judge me for doing this. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of solutions, so the reason I became okay with it was because of this thing about being ad adding value, but also, you know, being completely okay with being thought foolish. Like now I would be more happy than before to get whip out a camera and, and vlog in public, even though the, the fear is still there. Um, I think that's probably the most scared I would be of putting myself out there by like act actively vlogging in public. I don't know if you've got any equivalent. Vlogging in public. Yeah. I definitely feel embarrassed vlogging in public. Yeah. Um, I don't think I do anything like that. But I, I think the I think uh no no, I think a solid reason is also because I think we're socialized to sort of view people in uh view other human beings as like having value dependent on the things they do or the things they can do. And I think like if you have this sort of comparison view of people, uh then if if you think yeah, if you see the guy playing piano at St. Pancras and you think he's showing off, that's because like you see the world in a in a slightly warped way where people's values are coined to these things. I think that's actually a lot. I said that's maybe like half of it. And then the other half is like uh, caring what people think. Or actually, I guess the caring what people think comes from believing everyone has that sort of worldview. You know, it all comes from that worldview. That worldview that, uh, hang on, uh, I don't understand how you get from playing piano to people's values dependent on what they're able to do. Okay, okay. So for example, um, let's say... Okay, let's say singing, because I think that's a bit more personal. If yeah, someone very personal. Yeah. if someone is like singing somewhere, let's say singing in the streets, you know, no, no one's asked them to do this. Uh, let's say they're not even busking. They don't need the money. They're just singing in the streets. Now, I think there's two things you could think. There's one thing you can think is, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is my fellow man, man, woman, you know, this is my fellow human being sharing a part of themselves with the rest of society um, and this is like, you know, this is, this is nice. They're sharing a part of themselves. They're, they're being part of this, this general, uh, thing that we're all doing. The human condition. The human condition. They're being part of the human condition. There's some creativity in there too. Maybe there's some happiness. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, the other, the other thing you could think is like, yeah, the much more negative kind of thing of like, this person thinks they're good at singing. This person thinks that other people care about how good they are at singing, um, and, and yeah, ascribing some kind of negative intention to like this person wants to show off and like increases value in other people's eyes, you know? Okay. And I think like people, th people think in general that everyone has the second point of view and there's no, do, do you get what I'm saying? Is that making sense? I get what you're saying. So we think that other people have more of a, a point of view where they feel like we would be showing off. 
Whereas we would see someone singing and think, oh, that's cool. Oh, no, I think a lot, that, of people, a lot of people would see it as some kind of showing off thing. Okay. And so they think that they think the person's trying to show off and then they're like, actually, I don't know. It, de- it depends who the person is. It depends whether you know the person. That's like the crucial thing. If you don't know the person and they're singing in the street, you're like, oh, cool. Something, if, yeah. If, if you, you know, know the, the person, person and they're singing in the street. I think a lot of people would think they're trying to show off. <laughs> yeah, I think you're just still dealing with a lot of school baggage here. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 for example, I've been busking in Cambridge and I yeah. have had people who I know come past me and kind of be and like think, oh, and, and be like, oh, that's amazing, incredible. And a few like, messaged me, um, a few messaged me on Facebook afterwards being like, hey, I saw you singing. Didn't want to interrupt you, but it's really awesome that you're doing that. I think by the that's time cool, you get yeah. to university level, that's less of a thing. But then I, again, it depends on the people because essentially that's equivalent to vlogging in lectures and people being unhappy about that. I don't know. Do you get what I'm trying to get at with the worldview thing though? That like, if, if your mind, if, if the thought even crosses your mind that this, this person is trying to show off, like, why does that happen? There's no reason that should happen. Why does it, you know, why do we have a bias towards that? Oh, and you're saying that, and you're saying that ergo people's view is that uh, the value of another human being is based on what they can do. And therefore someone is trying to inflate their own value by showing off. Yeah. Okay. Is that far-fetched? Uh, I'm not, still not quite convinced of how this, how this logic works, but we can visit it another time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, have I'll a think about it. it more clearly. We'll talk about it at some other, some other point. So... Yeah, that's this second episode wrapped up. We have talked a little bit about why it's hard to put yourselves out there. The two of us are now putting ourselves out there with this podcast. Um, this is more new for you than it is for me. Yeah. And I don't think you have any qualms about it. Have I, you, no, have you I any qualms about it? I don't really care at this point. I think I've just like internalized the whole it doesn't matter thing yeah. too much now. I don't really care. Yeah, and even, uh, if, even if people don't like it, it's fine. Yeah. Like, and to be honest, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, these guys are starting a, starting a podcast. What a bunch of twits. Yeah. I, I, I honestly don't yeah, think anyone I, 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 don't, I don't think anyone I know would actually do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of the fear of this comes from, you know, maybe not having experience of it. And when, once you have a bit of experience of putting yourself out there, you realize actually no one is thinking about you. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, you know, ascribing good intentions to humanity, as, as it were. Cool. All right. Let's leave it there. Thanks have a good week. Have a good week. And we'll see you in the next episode. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And please, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please could you leave a comment, rating, review, wherever you happen to get your podcasts. I think Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever. Um, It really, really helps, especially with a brand new podcast. The more ratings and reviews it gets within the first however many days of its launch, the better the podcast does overall. So yeah, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could please leave a rating. Have a great week and we'll see you in the next episode. Okay, how do we think that went? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I had a profound point that wasn't coming across. I feel, uh, yeah, I've, I really didn't understand how you went from your, yeah, how, how, you, how you arrived at this thing of, I think the deeply problematic version of this is that we ascribe value to human beings based on what they can bring to the table. Okay, so the thing, the reason people care about what other people, the, the people, reason people are worried about what other people will think is because other people, they think, other people will think they're showing off, right? They think other people will think they're showing off. Yes, 100%. People don't want to come across as showing off. Yeah, people don't want to be a show off. And the only reason they'd think other people would think they're showing off yeah. 
is if they have this problematic worldview where value comes from ability and achievements and all this kind of stuff. And then they, so they see this act of uh, putting yourself out there as an act of showcasing your achievements or abilities, i.e. your value. It's an act of showcasing your value rather than like sharing yourself with society. Okay. So when I am busking in public, the reason I'm doing it is because I want to showcase my value to that segment of the population that, hey, I'm good at singing. I mean, I, I hope not. But if you were worried that people would think you're a show off, yeah. it would be because, probably because you hold a problematic worldview <laughs> that, <laughs> that people even think in that way. That like, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, that makes perfect sense. Yes. So like when I'm busking now, I have, it, like, it doesn't even cross my mind that people are going to think I'm a show off because I guess in a way my worldview is not that people's human, <laughs> human beings are. <laughs> Although... Mm. <laughs> I feel like your ultimate thing is close to my worldview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't worry about it as a thing. Hmm. I think this all, all ultimately comes down to the fear of being thought foolish. As in, for example, okay, when, yeah. if, if someone is, is good at singing, they would be happy to sing in their school talent show. Yeah. If someone is not good at singing or thinks they're not good at singing, they would be far less happy to sing in their school talent show. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. But look, the thing is, for example, if someone is, a talent show is like an excuse, you know? Hmm. If someone is singing and just putting the videos of themselves singing on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. I do think people, I do think a large portion of the population would think, if, if they knew the person, they think, why are they doing this? And like, if you ask the person, why are you doing this? It's hard to articulate. Hmm. I think if they haven't been, I mean, it's, it, if they're not familiar with the language we've been speaking right now, they wouldn't think to say something like, oh, you know, maybe someone in the world will find it valuable. And then, and, and that's all I care about. Yeah, that's quite, a, I think that's a profound insight that you wouldn't get to from first principles unless you really, really, really thought about it. Yeah. I, so I think like people would feel the urge like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I, I like singing. I feel like I'm okay at singing. I want to put myself out there. But if you ask them, I don't know if they'd be able to articulate a valid reason why that's an okay thing for them to do. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> You're like, oh, I just, I just kind of like doing it. And the problem is like, I've, I've, I've often tried having this conversation with people who I don't know very well. Mm. And it's, it's, it's hard to get people to engage with, with this level of, of overthinking this particular thing. Like, oh, you know, I'll just, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's wrong with wanting to do it equally? Yeah. When I've got friends who do not want to be on camera, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Mm. Let's explore why you don't want to be on camera. They, you know, they're not comfortable with even going down that road. I think yeah. if they realize that it's problematic and that it's them having the fear of looking foolish, I think this is a, a thing in the back of their minds and they don't want to engage with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had this like a couple of months ago. I, well, yeah, I was with some friends in Mexico. I had a great idea for a viral video challenge that was going to take the internet by storm. Oh, yeah. And my friend didn't want to be in the video. He said he, he was happy to film. He didn't want to be in it. Like four of us had a, an hour long discussion about this in the pool. And uh, yeah, the guy just refused to engage pretty much. Oh, he just completely shut off. Interesting. So this sort of happens with my housemate, <laughs> who you know, ah. where she would be okay with being in certain types of videos. But again, I, there's, there's a very strong component of sort of a, of uh, cu curating the image. Mm. For example, Ali, you're not to post any videos of me that haven't got me with makeup on. 
or you aren't allowed to post any videos that showcase the fact I have some kind of disability. You know, thing, things like that. Oh. Whereas when I, I, I think she's more open to engaging on this topic and I've kind of slowly kind of the war of attrition over time to realize that actually you're quite an inspiring individual. You're doing medicine despite against all the odds, blah, blah, blah. You can provide a lot more value to the world by being more public. By being more public, yeah. yeah. But she still has this like huge, this is why we need like a third party. Because <laughs> you and I can go back and forth about this all day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll get her thoughts on our next year. Yeah, that'll be good. Cool. Right, let's actually stop recording now. Okay.